0: The Under
1: Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Darramar, and I am joined by Jake Woolhead and Fionn Malai. Uh Fionn for the second time this week. Jake, for the first time this week. Lads, it's great to see you again. How are you? It's
2: great to be back on the show. Feels like I'm back at home, just chilling with the boys. Yeah, I'm into it. Wonderful, I am wonderful. Let's just leave it there,
1: <laughs> Jake. Uh, it's actually strange. I haven't, I, I think it's what been about a month, just the way it I has scheduled. been. We've it's been alternating, <laughs> our, our
2: contract disputes have been hitting up and hotting up beside each other. We haven't even really gotten a
1: chance to, to be on the same pod for a while. So. I almost got fun to go into your DMs and text you to see if you're okay. You, you okay? You know? huh? <laughs> My DMs are always open. Sorry. <laughs>
2: I don't delete my uh, Instagram posts, mainly because I only have one, but that's
1: it. <laughs> uh, Fion, um obviously we didn't get to talk about it on Monday, uh, maybe because the wounds were just still fresh. But uh, Sunday wasn't a great day for the Pirates um, up in Antrim. losing. Wasn't uh... a great day for me as well, Dar, I'm afraid. Well, I wasn't going to say it, but you've <laughs> yeah, opened I the door. I You were going to say it, Two don't worry about clear it. clear drops. Uh, well, now listen. i uh, come on. I have to give I have I won't give you too much criticism because you were playing tight end when you're normally a safety, so I can't give you too much. But we saw uh, what you're uh, just for our listeners.
0: I was, I was playing tight end and I was playing safety. <laughs> no, it wasn't like I just happened to be playing tight end this game, so a little bit gassed, but yeah, got a few got a few nice Still runs. It was,
3: right.
0: it was an up and down day, uh, few nice runs, uh, few terrible catches, and then on the defensive side, few fluff tackles but then a, a, a few good adjustments so uh yeah. yeah one of those days up and down obviously not the result we wanted it uh, got to meet a fan of the show that's kind of new that hasn't really happened to us before so still can't believe people are watching which is which is cool <laughs> gotta keep we gotta keep the quality up now but yeah i mean any of the any of the listeners who played football or even sports they know those days happen it's up and down you played well though i have to say so there's there's unfortunately nothing i can slag you about on the other end a few <laughs> few good tackles there in the war and Shut up that kind of center of the of the run game the runs up the middle. So can't give you any slagging, unfortunately. Yeah. Other than maybe uh, you didn't have the conditioning yet to be able to play offense and defense like those top <laughs> athletes have to do. That's
1: why I picked the number that I do pick, because I can only play <laughs> one side of the ball, Fion. It's all it's all <laughs> oh, I tried that.
2: I tried <laughs> that before, Dara. I what happened to me was I got covered in sellotape and had
1: to play the offensive <laughs> line because we were low on offensive <laughs> linemen. Well, no, to be fair, actually, Fionn. I did play both sides of the ball technically on Sunday. I was brought in for one play to help block for a punt. So ah, my mistake. was on the offense.
0: So there we well, go. Well, is that offense really, or special so. teams? Exactly. So it's, we all got in. We teams. still
1: have the ball, so it's technically on. We have possession, so I'm gonna call it on both sides. Um, also, like you did mention, yeah, shout out to uh, to Ryan Becker, who um, we had a chat with after the show. Um, it's great to have a chat. We got a picture, it's on our socials as well. Um, and also we are looking forward to the return game. At the end of June, I believe, things like the 26th or something like that. We play the Jets for the second time, and hopefully we can um get uh, right the wrongs that were done on Sunday in terms of the scoreline and get back on the winning trade. But look, listen, we're gonna talk NFL, we could talk about the local game all day. Um, but I don't think enough people would be interested in it, maybe from a Pirates point of view. If it was, if we were talking about maybe the Premier Division, yeah, we might get it, we might get 15 minutes more out of it. But let's talk about the uh, NFL and let's look at a bit of news because later on we're going to be focusing on the Washington Commanders. Um, friends of the show, Tay and Todd, uh, podcast, um, are going to be coming on, except it's only going to be Tay, I believe, this time, isn't it? Uh, Todd was not available, so um. Still, it's it's going to be a good chat. Um, of course, Fionn, you're, uh, you're going to take the lead on this one. And um, I'm sure you have a lot of uh, pressing questions about um, the Commanders off season so far.
0: Yeah, it's been typically busy on uh, good news stories and bad news stories. So we'll go through the whole thing and, and get a, a nice bit of insight. Uh, Tay and Todd are great at going through a bit of film. So we'll, we'll get to see as well their breakdown and what they think of a few new new additions to the roster.
1: Excellent. I like that. Um, OTAs have um, pretty much begun. All teams are back now at this stage with their um, organized team activities. Um, They are voluntary at the moment, but you see pretty much full rosters there nowadays. These are the days where you can really get new schemes and new playbooks uh, in place ahead of the new season. But when it comes to these um, organized team activities... um, you are always going to get a few people who don't show up and that is going to be where the news comes from out of these, either that or an injury, but thankfully there's no injuries to talk about. Just no shows this time. Um, and a few of notes so far, uh, Kyler Murray with the Cardinals has not shown up the training Obviously, he's still in contract disputes. Aaron Donald, interestingly with the Rams has not shown up either. Also in a contract uh, negotiation at the moment. Uh, Terry McLaurin is is not uh, attending uh, workouts with the team either. Uh, Debo Samuel, of course, with the 49ers. So, you guys, I don't know if you you want to focus on one name in particular, but are you looking at these names um, not showing up as just trying to look for news, trying to look for a story maybe where there isn't? um, Or maybe if you are a supporter of one of these teams, um, you were a little concerned that maybe um, what you thought was going to be a, you know, run-of-the-mill routine contract negotiation maybe stalled a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have anybody in this game. I know Fiona has Scary Terry to be talking about, but I mean, we weren't all that surprised about Kyler not showing up or Aaron Donald not showing up with all the contract discussions, so... I mean, in reality, about probably 75% of these players are going to get a new contract on their current team and then play on the current contract. It's all a bit of um, just a bit of manning up type job. But uh, the one I like, or I like to talk about is Debo because I think he probably has the most likelihood of not being on the 49ers
0: next year. I think the big problem with Debo, though, is what he is requesting or what he is seeking for not not many teams out there are going to also be willing to do it. So sure, he might get a little bit of money by moving on from the 49ers, but I don't know if he's going to get that kind of double double style contract or extra incentives for running back and wide receivers, or even I don't think anyone who would want to pick him up, I don't think is going to want to play him at just wide receiver. I think anyone who picks him up is going to want to have him as a, a running back as well. So yeah, in terms, of, in terms of the news, is it news? It is a little bit. But uh, I don't think it's a surprise. Obviously, all the, ter- all the players you listed are in contract negotiations. The only thing that can be right into it is if they did show up when we're kind of expecting them not to, I might suggest a deal is closer or not to be done. Uh, I mean, you've got, unfortunately, the commanders had uh, Deron Payne volunteered for these voluntary workouts and then very promptly unvolunteered himself again. Uh, so he did go on the pitch and then he walked off the pitch. So those kind of things are maybe a little bit more interesting. Maybe, maybe it's just to do where he wanted to do, a bit of the, the conditioning instead of the, uh, the other types of drills just, just to protect himself uh, while he's negotiating his contract. They don't have the full story, unfortunately. But yeah, those are maybe the more subtle things about OTAs that we can gather from. But is this a surprise that a lot of big names coming into contract negotiations aren't there? Probably not in the grand scheme of things.
2: It's just kind of like nothing's really happening in the NFL between the draft and now and until preseason. So, any kind of bit, did bits of news we're, we're kind of obliged to talk about.
1: Yeah. And then that's it. And look, I guess it's it's not as, you know, alarming when it is the OTAs. When it comes to mini camps and if they still don't show up, that's when it starts becoming a little more newsworthy. We have seen the sort of change in, the, in, you know, the way – holdouts are done nowadays instead of them just not showing up to the building they are showing up but they're not taking part in team practices maybe saying that they have an injury or something like that or maybe just working out in the gym so that the cameras don't see them also it is the case of you know i've got to protect number one here which is me i can't risk i know these are only like team activities i know there's no real you know uh, chance of like possibly getting an injury but there still is always a chance of getting an injury you know one one um one bad turn and that's your knee gone and then that's your contract negotiations out the window as well so players got to look after number one before they um they uh, go and start working out and start you know with the rest of the team um next bit of news i have um was there two sort of Contract slash maybe moves, if you know what I mean. Um, first of all, Nick Folds is joining the Colts. Um, uh, after uh, he was with what was it, the Bears last season? That was a who I was gonna say Jacksonville, but no, he moved to the Bears. Um, so he rejoins Frank Reich, obviously, from their time in Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl together. A Folds versus Matt Ryan competition for the quarterback position the uh the quarterback uh competition that no one wants to see lads <laughs> as
2: far as i'm aware it has come out that it is matt ryan's job as a starter so i don't know how much of a competition it is but you really have to question your motives, of, motives as a gm if nick falls is beating out your starter that you already traded for so um i i just think on that factor alone we're gonna have matt ryan starting for better or for worse but
0: Yeah, probably one of the least inspiring quarterback rooms in the NFL at the moment, even with the ones trying to play rookies and stuff, yeah. I mean, If it was a quarterback battle, I don't think it improves the Colts either way. I think, to be honest, hey, look, I'm a Washington fan, so I'm obviously going to try and look on the bright side of Wentz, but yeah, I don't see how in any way those two are upgrades, even over what Wentz did last year. I mean, uh, Matt Ryan is old, and Nick Foles was never particularly brilliant. He had Streaks of these crazy bit of luck, but uh, when he really was told to sit down and be a starter, I think he well and truly bottled that chance. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd be kind of questioning why. I don't know, did he go for a lot of money, Dara? Is, it, is this a heavy investment that they've done, or no? It, kind the of team haven't
1: disclosed
0: role? the terms yet. That's I suspect well, it's probably so I'm guessing a it's role.
1: it's it's a one year probably vet minimum, I'm guessing.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean I mean it's yeah. worth it there. Like always nice yeah. to have a vet starter if you can. Uh, it's not it's not easy to play with your with your backup as Washington knows. So yeah, yeah, I mean in that sense, not a bad pickup, but is it inspiring or inciting? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone yeah. outside <laughs> of the Colts organization or maybe even in the Colts organization gives a rat. Yeah.
1: I, I do look at Nick Falls and I think of a what uh, if I only saw sort a of moment, because he obviously he he had his moment where he won the Super Bowl with Philly, which was great. He was riding that wave to get that massive contract in Jacksonville. He played well. I remember week one. I can't remember who they played at Jacksonville, but he he played well. But he broke his collarbone in week one, and I'm thinking if he didn't. What could have happened? Maybe he could have actually, you know, helped the team. And maybe he could have actually had, you know, a better run in Jacksonville. And then obviously, you know, heading over then to uh, the Bears, where he was pretty much back up to Andy Dalton as well for a while.
0: Didn't he have some ridiculous record as well at one point for like the highest was it the highest pass accuracy or the most touchdowns in the season or something crazy weird that you're like, he I
1: did, he he did when it he was time first time. in the league. Yeah. I think it was the, the best, uh, was it the best touchdown to interception ratio he had when he was, uh, in Ever. the league? First. Yeah.
2: Something Talk like about that. the butterfly effect, though. You mentioned if he had a not broke his collarbone on the Jags, that means they don't end up getting Trevor Lawrence most likely. And how does that yeah. end up? Like that really affects the future of
1: the NFL. Well, hey, look, I, end up with him or something. I'm not as I'm not as assured as other people are that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a success. No, I know, but like so. you would rather Trevor Lawrence over Nick Foles. Let's not lie about it. Well, <laughs> let's see how he gets on in year two before we start making statements like that. And it was like <laughs> Um. Let's. Uh, we have one more piece or two more pieces of news very quickly. Uh, Jadavion Clowney uh, is back in Cleveland with the Browns. Um, there wasn't really much of a market for him that he, he lasted this long at the free agency to go back to the Browns. So um, it wasn't what it was when he uh, when he was out of contract at the Seahawks, where there was a lot of teams after him before deciding to go to the Titans. Um, and then that season with the Titans sort of lowered his value again, and then he ends up in. In Cleveland, where I think he's he sort of found a home, if you a good home for him, because he has someone like Miles Garrett on the other side as well that gets all the attention, so that he can still, um, you know, be a a, a good pass rusher and an even like is better um run stuffer as well. But yeah, Clowney back with, with Cleveland, probably not the biggest headline grabber, but you know, it just shores up that defensive line for the Browns.
2: Yeah, pretty strong defense really for the the Browns overall if you look at kind of the the pieces that they have there. And as you said, it must be nice to play opposite. Miles Garrett might help your numbers steal, sharpen, steel, and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he probably – I think the report was he was offered, um, I think, another million dollars on what he got this year uh, to go to another team. But he said he wanted to stay on the Browns. I, I think something like
0: that came up. I'm ready to call him a bust. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> a bust for where he
2: was drafted—that's
0: for sure. Exactly, like and that legendary by, hit against uh, against Michigan, where he sent your man helmet flying halfway back across the field. Uh, he's a bust. I'm sorry that he has never lived up to the to the outputs of even a first round draft pick. I personally don't think. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm ready to call him a bust. I'm I'm not surprised the market wasn't there from.
1: him. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the last piece of news, and it an, it's an interesting one because. There is discussions now to change the format of the Pro Bowl. Uh, Last season's Pro Bowl game saw its lowest viewership in 16 years. Um, And it just seemed like it was a weekend that was not really put well together either. Um, But I want to ask you guys what you think could be done with the Pro Bowl. Now, I had a plan that I put out on our socials. You'll see it on our Twitter. If you go to at UndercenterPod, that's where you'll find us and you can see it, let us know what you think. But I said, if you get rid of the game totally, keep the mini games going, do that over two days, you know, incorporate mini games for all position groups. So everyone in the Pro Bowl selection actually gets an opportunity. And then the conference with the highest points at the end of it gets home field advantage for their 17th game, because currently, obviously, it swaps over. Um, Last season, uh, the AFC teams got the home advantage. This coming season, the NFC teams get the home advantage for the 17th game. So do it then that um, whoever has the most points at the Pro Bowl gets the home game for the... uh, Not next season, because the fixtures would already be set out and, and finalized, but for the year after. Um, Well, what do you guys think what do you think needs to be done with the Pro Bowl
2: I mean get rid of it first of all Uh, the (laughs) game needs to be gone but I do like your idea of making it a two-day competition of skills games they're always more fun to watch the skills than the actual game itself um I don't know I just I don't really watch it It doesn't really interest me all that much but the skills game is a good idea I think um, I think we should have Mitch Trubisky at the quarterback competition every single year because he was woeful that one time. So I'd just like to see that. It might be a bit of a clown act. He might get a couple of quid for every year he does it. So
0: yeah, I'd be happy to see that now. I mean, it's total non- It's not even the best players in the league at this point. Russell Wilson got in last season and he Evan played Engram. terrible. It's just a popularity mm-hmm. contest. I say take the winnings, the, the pot money, give each player what you would normally play them to play the game but it's a charitable donation. The players have to go and do one day of charity work with that money, whatever they wanted to do it, give it to kids in a local school. That makes an actual difference. Send some cameras along, put together a little Pro Bowl documentary of here's what your your favorite players did to thank you for voting them Pro Bowl players. And they go and it spreads the love around communities, gets a bit of money. Okay, it's not, it's not millions, but it's a, a couple of hundred thousand per player, I believe, or... Maybe a hundred thousand for the for the winning team. Oh wait,
2: wait! What about if we do like a pro um you know, uh, skills games where like <laughs> quarterbacks have to throw to like me running a route? Like how about I'd be independent. That might be interesting. A
0: flag game. I really like. Yeah. I really like. Why not step it up? Why not really put your all these community initiatives that the NFL have? Why not really go one step further and say, here's money. It has to go to charity. You have to do it. All these fans voted you in go to a local school, a local homeless shelter, a local whatever, and donate that money, see how it, where it goes, and really get involved. Sure, a lot of these guys are are Walter Payton Men of the Year, but some of them are rookies as well, and, and new guys in. So it's not money coming straight out of their pocket. It's donated from the NFL, and they go and spread it around in whatever way they want to do it. I think it could be a nice way to give back to the community. Uh, obviously, help improve the player images. I think they'll like that, that they get a good bit of positive, uh, positive media coverage on it. And yeah, it could be a, a nice way to spend money in a positively impactful way. The only problem I see with that is
1: the NFL doesn't get anything out of it. They yep. do. They get the good media. They get the
0: spin they, up going. All
1: yeah. I don't think they good... care about good media. They really. don't care about the good. They want <laughs> well, look, in okay, seats. They still... want viewers watching their TV Well, for you the can game. still
0: have the one day maybe of, of the team, and that decides the winner. So the winner's – charity pool gets what the equivalent of the winners would have got in the in the pro Bowl mm-hmm. game the other alternative maybe you do that and a flag game but i'd really like to see the money going in to the community obviously the nfl are going to keep the the ratings but i can't imagine they're making that much money off the current setup anyway that's the only reason they're even discussing changing it because they don't change anything unless there's money involved so clearly it's a loss maker for them at the moment so why not it's, go and try yeah, and get a bit of positive?
1: Coverage? It's it's something that they need viewership for. Um, I think that's what the main problem is. That they need they want people looking at the Pro Bowl and, like we all mentioned, we we take it as a weekend off before the Super Bowl. We don't actually really fo- have anything to do with the Pro Bowl. What if, um,
2: what if you buy your ticket, you have a chance to be randomly selected to be paired up with an NFL player? Then they combine yeah. it with like. The yeah. Nickelodeon slime Pro Bowl with actual slime.
1: I like that. I like that. I, I like to get the mini, the mini games going. Like you could do that. Like the you buy a ticket, you could be randomly chosen to to take part in this uh, skills challenge where you have to
0: throw the ball to like a, imagine a DK like a Mecca. 70 year old hawaiian granny gets picked out and you don't get to say no you're forced to do it forced And forced like, matched it. up with like russell yeah. wilson doing the like you know the catch drill where they have to yeah. go and make different types of catches russell wilson is like firing this thing at the granny that i would watch that I you
1: would, would watch that. that now i i do like the idea of a pro-am though some uh, 400 Jake, where, pound whereas, american like whereas you have like you know like that Instead of a random ticket, you know, you have Russell Wilson throwing to obviously like a local celebrity. So why just give me one off like a Chris Evans or something like that. You know, he shows up for the pro-am and they're taking skills challenges and stuff like that, you know, um, so that they're they're decent options, too. Um I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them to my buddy, Roger, now. And I'm going to tell him about all these great ideas after this. But um, he probably won't listen because he never answers his phone anymore. I don't even think it's the right Roger. Um, I think it's Roger Rabbit. But uh, I think that's it for the news this week. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to be speaking to the Tay and Todd podcast about the Washington Commanders. Before we do that, if you are not already, make sure you are following us on our social channels. They are there on the screen for you. If you're listening to the podcast version, you uh, can follow us on Twitter at UndercenterPod. Uh, It's the same on Instagram, at UndercenterPod. Uh, YouTube, if you want to subscribe there, is UndercenterPodcast. And like I said, if you uh, want to subscribe to the audio version, wherever you get your podcasts, under center podcast just search for that you'll find us there subscribe download all of our past episodes and stuff because uh hopefully we have some good stuff coming in the pipeline very soon so you're going to want to keep a good uh, keep a close eye on our social media also if you are interested in the local game um, we post updates uh, for fixtures and results and everything like that for um, the American football season on our Instagram and our Twitter. So it's good if you want to be kept up to date with what's happening uh, closer to you. But um, like I said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be focused on everything Washington Commanders.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Undercenter podcast. We have lost Dara and I have taken over the helms, which means one of two things. Either Dara's gone on holidays or we're about to start talking about the Washington Commanders. Actually, today it's both of those things. So, Jake, you're in for a real treat now. We get to talk about a real football team, not your useless. A, a
2: real guys. football team. A football team that had to change its name <laughs> might be relocating and it must be the worst owner in all of NFL history. Yes. Yes. Okay. I fear well, the Washington Commanders. <laughs> we'll get into
0: all of that. But we are going to be joined by Tay from the Tay and Todd Commanders podcast. Tay, welcome to the show. I guess this is your second time on the show. I guess we can call you a friend of the show now at this point.
3: Yes, for sure, for sure. It's a pleasure being on here always. Well, the last time we definitely enjoyed being with you all, so I'm looking forward to today.
0: We couldn't get Todd. Obviously, he's away, but we're delighted to have you on and, and really dig into the uh, Commander's postseason or, or uh, preseason work and the draft and all that stuff. Uh, we're going to start off, though, the last time we spoke, they were, of course, the Washington football team. We have a name now: the Washington Commanders. It was a whole thing. Uh, what did you think? Is it a good name? I, I think you guys were leaning towards Red Wolves, right? That was your yes. your favorite choice. Yes. How does the Commanders lie with you guys and the kind of the fan base in general?
3: Um, I think initially it was it was um, it wasn't received really well because of how. Um, mainly because of how everybody knew it was going to be commanders like leading up to it being named commanders like the, the team messed up the, re, uh, the rebrand as far as you know stuff seeing stuff slip up on different websites and on the on the show the, red, the the Washington football team show and they had all this stuff pop up and they had the logo and everything so everybody knew I mean like three weeks before but um, initially I think people hated it. Um, However, I think people are coming around to it. One thing I love about the name is, uh, well, the rebrand in the whole is the jerseys. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jerseys are so cool. And um, I can get behind any name as long as they have good jerseys and two (laughs) as long as they win. So um, I'm warming up to the name now. Um, I I think it's pretty natural. And there's far worse teams, far worse team names than the commanders. You have the Browns. It just takes some getting used to, you know.
0: I think, I think as fans in general, as the NFL fans, we do get a little bit carried away when these name changes don't happen a lot. But yeah. when you really sit down to it, we get used to all these names. The Dolphins, that's not a really yeah. cool name. Like yeah. the Browns, as you said, that's just named after the owner. The Giants. So like, it's,
3: like
2: what is The that, Giants
0: you know? is a terrible name. Well, oh, you got to tell me, Football I was going... Giants, because there's so many other Giants themes.
2: I was going to be nice this podcast towards watching them. <laughs> commanders So now I really have to swap that around.
0: I, I agree with you, though. Uh, Teg, I really like the uh, the burgundy jerseys, obviously. That's the classic burgundy in gold. Mm-hmm. The black jerseys I really like as well. The only thing I don't like is I think maybe the, arm, the white on the arm sleeves is a little bit, I don't know, like kind of amateur football or, yeah. or peewee football. I think they right. could have made it a little bit slicker. And the big W on the front of the helmet, I think just get yeah. rid of that. <laughs> Go straight black helmets. I think that right. would look slick
3: right yeah i, I love it I, I love the jerseys i think my favorite one is probably the white one um mm-hmm. just because of how it how it blends in from the uh, the letters and everything and um i've come around to the name i got some hats i got some gear coming I'm waiting for the team store it seems like if i order a jersey now i won't get it until 2025 but <laughs> i mean um I'm, I'm excited i'm ready to embrace it and i just want to see them win you know if win you know if you win the name people will get behind the name so uh,
0: absolutely the nfl is all about the, winning
2: that's the next part you have you said you can support a team with a weird name if you win and have cool jerseys you already yeah. have the cool jerseys and then you
0: just have to get to the winning part that's right, that's yeah. right See, seems the new name hasn't solved the old problems of just the washington being washington it's the name gets leaked the jerseys are slow yes. everything just doesn't seem to run smoothly with this team <sighs> But we'll move on because that won't really end up with any wins and losses on the pitch. What may change the wins and losses on the pitch is, of course, the draft. I'm going to run through the draft picks. Obviously, Tay, you are aware of them, but just in case anyone doesn't follow Washington. So in the first round, we had Jahan Dotson, wide receiver. Then we went defensive tackle Mathis. Robinson Jr., running back. Butler, a safety. Howell, a quarterback, which was one of the bigger names. Turner, a tight end. Paul on the O-line and Holmes at cornerback. So just we'll go kind of through some of maybe the bigger picks in general. But how would you grade the overall draft for Washington? Obviously started out not necessarily picking needs, but I want to get your opinion as well, because I think I was talking with the guys in a few shows ago, maybe just pre-draft, and I said, Washington's in a kind of a weird spot where, sure, there's plenty of positions where we don't have superstar talent, but there's also no one glaringly bad position Maybe quarterback you could argue, but that was solved before the draft came came to pass so uh, how so... Do you feel they ad- <laughs> how do you feel they addressed what needs that they did have through the draft
3: man I think they did a great job um, obviously I think they drafted players higher than where they maybe around earlier than where they were supposed to go but I love the value and the Sam Howell in the fifth round that kind of made my 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 day I bumped it from a c to like a b to like a B. So I would grade it as a B. But um, Jahan Dotson, I love that they traded back. They recoup what they sent for Wentz. And apparently they, they like Jahan Dotson for what we're hearing. They loved him the whole time. They wanted him the whole time. So uh, initially I was a little bit bummed about that. I know we had a draft party, uh, Todd and I, a couple guys in the group chat we were in. And um, we were all hoping for either Jameson Williams, you know, or um, Chris Olave, we were really attached to Chris Olave because we didn't watch any Jahan Dotson leading up to the draft. But um, we are kind of hurt when we say we traded back and then we took Jahan Dotson and when we could have had a Kyle Hamilton or, you know, something like that. But coming fast forward, I love it. I love the pick. I mean, he's a he reminds me of like a mini Terry McLaurin as far as his character. And just a guy who can get open, he produced with subpar quarterback play. I mean, he had 91 catches, 1,000 and 1,100 yards um, in the Big Ten. With a, uh, I think he had more yards than Chris Olave, and Chris Olave had better quarterback play, more weapons around him. Um, so give or take that. Love that pick, uh, Brian Robinson Jr in the third round may be my favorite pick because uh, Gibson, he has a little problems with fumbling the football and he, he's always dinged up, banged up. And I love the fact that we have a true bruiser back there. Last year we struggled with the third and ones, the third and shorts. We didn't have Peyton Barber uh, who came in uh, the uh, Gibson's rookie year. And last year Gibson couldn't take on that pound throughout, you know, course of 17 games. So I love that for I love that pick as well because we lost depth. I don't know if he'll be good, but the fact that we lost Tim settle in the off season, we lost Matt Ioannidis, we needed something. And then with the questions about Duron Payne, you know, with him walking off the field yesterday and, and the contract situation with that, we don't know. And same with the Terry situation. We don't know what's going to happen with that. So the fact that they did draft the receiver, it kind of helps with that. I mean, he's a first round pick, so he should be t- better than projectively. He should be better than Terry. Terry was a third round third round guy. Jahan is a, a first top 20 guy. So um, he should be. And then um, Percy Butler safety. Apparently he's going to fill that Buffalo nickel role. They saw they, some call him the best free safety in the draft. I know Chris Simms said that. And then Sam Howe, like I mentioned before, Sam Howe, he's a guy who last year, Todd and I were talking about trading up to get in the first round and to get him in a fifth round and let him develop behind Carson Wentz and uh, um, uh, uh, Heineke is just beautiful, and hopefully he can be our quarterback of the future. Uh, It's very rare for that to happen, a fifth-rounder come in and and do that. But, I mean, it's happened, and why not
0: happen to us? But um,
3: I, I love the draft class as a whole. I'll give it a B if I'm ranking it.
0: Good. Yeah, I I think you kind of addressed some of my initial questions, but I think anyone maybe not super familiar with Washington's situation might have been surprised to see us go wide receiver and then uh, defensive defensive line, given that we had, obviously, Terry and the defensive line is famously all first-round draft picks. So maybe they were a little bit surprised, but as you said, I think it was a wise move, I think, Jahan fits well in the dynamic that we have, given that okay, Wentz is a little bit different, but if if for whatever reason Heineke does have to come in, it was those short medium throws that we really hammered on last season. So having a, a really excellent slot guy, which by all accounts Dotson is, I think really helps us out. It's gonna help out the tight end room as well because it, it adds that extra dynamic in the short middle of the field. Right. Uh, and then obviously, like you said, D line we needed, we needed you need bodies. You need yeah. rotation. I actually, I want to get your opinion. I was a little bit disappointed that we left, especially Ionidas go, but both Ionidas and Settle were extremely good in that rotation. D the line, they got some serious productivity out of what is sometimes a, a weaker rotation for other squads.
3: Yeah, well, my thing with that was, you know, they had what? I think Settle had maybe three sacks. Mm-hmm. They maybe had five combined. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think it's something something around that. My thing is you could probably get that production out of – well, one of their productions from a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now seeing what Buffalo gave Tim Settle, I kind of questioned it because I felt like we could have matched that. Mm-hmm. But um, Ioannidis, I didn't mind seeing him go. He had to go in a sense because, I mean, he's taking up $8 million of cap space. We need that as we have big extensions coming up with Terry McCorn, Deron Payne possibly, you know. So um, – it hurt to see Settle go, but at the end of the day, they're not Ron Rivera guys. He didn't bring those guys in, so it made sense to me. And you know, the production wasn't just you know like oh we have to keep them, but seeing what Buffalo got settled for, kind of like we could have probably you know paid that, but I mean the production wasn't just like oh man we got to have them back. I mean I can let's why not get somebody who's cheaper that can give give you one sack that way it matches the production. I mean you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, you mentioned there, Terry McLaren,
2: obviously you drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round. Does that have any effect in the contract negotiation, do you think or does it make it easier? Maybe you haven't got? A...
3: I don't know that that's that's interesting because today yesterday a report came out saying that Jahan Dotson hasn't talked to Terry yet. He's talked to everyone else, but Terry hasn't reached out to him. So it made me wonder, um, I think, it will have some kind of effect. Um, I just don't know because I know they love Terry. Terry's a cornerstone, but we're in the same situation in San Francisco and Seattle with DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel. So they're going to have to figure something out as far as money. Um, do you pay Terry 25 million? He's 26 years old. I mean, 27, I think, entering the season. I don't know, but. They used to have Deami Brown. I mean, he he'll be up for a contract soon, and you have you know Curtis Samuel. He'll I mean, so I just don't know if you can afford twenty five for Terry. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, but I think Jahan Dotson gives them a, a backup plan just in case Terry doesn't uh, pan through.
2: Yeah, yeah it's hey. nice to have that little bit of wiggle room there yeah, when you have a sure. uh, few quality wide receivers there. Sure. Okay,
0: you mentioned uh, the the Ami Brown there just briefly before we move on. I want to get your opinion on last year's draft class because obviously the Ami Brown didn't feature maybe as much as some people thought he would. Another Jamin Davis didn't have that outstanding linebacker role that we really hoped that uh, or Washington really hoped that he would take on. Uh, Cosme fared a little bit better, and then Bates obviously got a, a a good bit of play towards the end of the season with the injuries in the tight end room overall were you a little bit disappointed of the value that we got out of that draft class last year
3: absolutely um i was yeah we were just talking about this the other day it's kind of like this year we're getting two draft classes in one because i mean ben st juice he had concussion problems he showed upside you got cosme who showed really really good upside from from week one i mean against the bosas you know i mean against uh uh, who was it, Joey Joey Bosa, week one. He did a wonderful job as far as pass protection, run blocking. And then even when he got hurt, Jamin Davis, he couldn't get on the field. They had him playing the mic. He was confused. Uh, Cole Holcomb came out with an article. Not He didn't come out with an article. They wrote an article on Cole Holcomb today and just saying that he was trying to think and play at the same time. But you saw towards the end of the year, they put him an outside linebacker. I think he's going to be really, really good at outside linebacker this year. And then De'Ami Brown, you had um, <laughs> short arm Taylor Heineke, um he couldn't get any separation as far that's what I, I struggle with with Deami that, that's concerning he couldn't get separation from from corners however as far as a deep threat this year I think he's going to benefit very very well because I think it'll be strictly a deep threat in fact I think he may have more I think he may lead the team in touchdowns this year because of Wentz's arm is just ridiculous
0: yeah and obviously you mentioned Heineke there and he, he kind of became a cult hero, obviously, with his, his antics in the, in the playoffs against the Buccaneers. Had a very up-and-down season. I think a lot of people, when they talk about commander season last year, sometimes gloss over or forget that all those wins were with the backup quarterback. And there's not many teams in the NFL that could have done that with their backup quarterback at the start of the year. But what I want to know is, did he do enough last year? To keep his place on the team. You you listed off the three quarterbacks a little bit earlier. Obviously, Washington for some reason tends to go with three permanently rostered quarterbacks, which is one more than most teams tend to do. Do you think that's wise? Do you think Heineke deserves that extra roster spot?
3: Yeah, I think I think it's beneficial for Heineke and the team. I mean, for 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 the team and for Sam Howell. Therefore, Sam Howell isn't just a snap away. Let him just sit. Let him bake in the oven. Let him let him develop between two guys. Who you know you got a guy who Heineke who fought his way to the league, and then you got Carson Wentz who was a number two pick in the draft and um, produced um, at MVP level at one point. So I think Heineke's he he I think he's here to stay at least for this year. I think he'll finish finish out his contract. If I'm not mistaken, he has this is his last year. If not, he may have one more. I think you let him finish his contract as the backup. And then once he's done, you just get rid of that and you let Sam Howell come in and take over that backup role behind Wentz. Now, this is all subjective. If We're banking on Wentz being that guy. Um, if Wentz is not that guy, obviously, you're going to get rid of him at the end of this season if he just plays terrible. And then you're going to move Howell up probably to one. And Taylor Heineken would be a great backup for, for Howell for a rookie like for a first-year starter or a rookie like that. So. Uh, Heiner, he, he deserves a place on the team, but I don't want him starting. I don't want to see him starting any games. Um, but he's not the he's not the worst to revert back to if Wentz gets hurt for a game. I could—I would love him in a spot fill in, but not for uh, a 17 game season. Please, no, I don't want to do that. Again. I mean, the offense is just so limited with him. I'm, he knows the offense like the back of his hand. But teams were just sitting on us last year, knowing that we couldn't. The only time we could take a deep shot last year was when we were in the other opponent's territory at the 40. That would be considered a deep shot. He could not get the ball past 50 yards or 60 yards. And that concerns me. So I'm glad we have the element of Wentz and Howell, for that matter. Howell has a cannon, too. So Heineke deserves to stay on the team. Um, like I said, I feel comfortable with him as a backup, but not just starting you know, seven games or eight games in a season. So you mentioned the running back that you drafted there,
2: Brian Robinson, Jr. He said you're very excited about him. Do you know where do you think he fits on the team? Will he have some special teams work? Will he get a good, good snap percentage?
3: I think he's going to be 40, 60 out the gate. Um, uh, If you look at the press conference yesterday that Ron Rivera had, he didn't even let the guy, the reporter get the question out. He said, man, (laughs) Brian Robinson, Jr. is going to play and he's going to be really good. I think you're going to see what they did in Carolina as far as the Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams situation. And um, they both, I, I read an article yesterday, and it, Ron Rivera was talking about those two guys, D'Angelo Williams and uh, Jonathan Stewart and how unselfish they were. And he said that if one of them got rolling, the other one would say, hey, leave them in and let them cook. And Antonio's, uh, Antonio Gibson's interview yesterday said it all. He wasn't. He didn't give a Ryan Tannehill uh, uh, expression like no. He has to figure it out. He said, "Man, if he can help me, he said I'm more willing to it. It's more beneficial for Gibson. I think Gibson's body is 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 not capable to take on a lead role back. And I, but I think he's going to be fresher. I think we'll see him hit longer runs this year. I mean, he ran a four three. We have yet to see him do, display that except for against Buffalo on the road this past year when he had a 91 yard screen i think brian robinson is going to be going to play a huge part i'm not saying 800 yards but he's going to play a huge role in the offense especially with how ron Rivera likes to play you look at that tampa game this past year where we held the ball for like almost the whole fourth quarter i think you're going to see a lot of that when we get a lead you'll see a lot of brian robinson going out there and it's going to be exciting with jd mckissick but the dynamic of the running back room is just going to be awesome
0: do you think that kind of explains Washington's infatuation with Alabama, just that these these guys come out game ready? I know everyone loves the Alabama recruits, but I don't think there's any other team in the league that just consistently, if in doubt, just take an Alabama player and, and let's <laughs> plug them in and let's go.
3: Yeah, it, fit, it fits because, I mean, this is year three. Ron's in win now approach. You don't have, really have time to wait for a second rounder, you know, or a third rounder. Um, these guys are going to come in. They're going to be ready to play. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey, you guys did a great job breaking down a lot of film of Carson Wentz. We don't get a, a chance to do that here on this show. So I recommend anyone to go over and have a look at those breakdown. But if you could summarize for us, maybe here now, what, what did you see? Obviously, we're kind of aware that he's this two-faced player almost. He had this MVP season and then famously completely fell off. Uh, obviously, I think, I think that there's still plenty of development with him. Some of it is decision-making and you'd much rather... If he's a coachable player, you can always coach out decision-making. You can't, as we saw with Heineke, you can't coach in a, a huge gun of an arm or anything or, or even that uh, that running ability that, that Wentz has shown and escape ability that Wentz has shown. So what, what did you see both on the low end and on the ceiling end for Wentz and how he fits in this Washington offense?
3: I'll start with the low end. The low end, he very rarely uses a check down. That's what gets him in trouble. Um, but it's strange because he's four times in his career, he's thrown over twenty touchdowns and under seven, seven or fewer picks, which is outrageous I mean, that's a you would think that people would talk about that enough. Last year he had twenty seven and seven, but everybody talks about oh, he didn't get to the but I mean, we would have killed for twenty seven and seven last year. Twenty seven and <laughs> seven last year we probably won ten games, you know. Um, well, we had sixteen and, and eighteen and sixteen or something like that with Heineke. But um, the lows is he doesn't he doesn't like to check down um he's a gunslinger uh a couple other things is his short and intermediate accuracy kind of worries me a little bit doesn't seem as accurate on the short routes and doesn't seem as accurate on the intermediate routes obviously his deep balls are just out of this world um, in terms of sacks uh, he finds himself in trouble i love the way he decision making is huge with him i love the way he can make plays on the run But however, that gets him into trouble, as you saw against the 49ers in the rain, he just throws the ball up and then somebody picks it in then You know, just little bonehead plays. I'll start with the plus, I'll end with the plus. This man, um, his upside is still, I'm talking about tremendous. I mean, he's only 28. Um, He is cannon, he's a cannon of an arm. And uh, what I've seen about it is he can create off of platform you know and he could throw outside the numbers from the other side which Heineke he could not do as well uh that would have been a pick 6 going the other going the other <laughs> way but he can actually get the ball from each each hash mark and which is impressive he's he's uh durable I mean durable for the most part um he played last year all of last year on two sprained ankles which he did in the first week of the season um i'm excited about Wentz, and everybody complaining over oh, paying him 28 million I think you get your bang for your buck. You got a young offensive coordinator in Scott Turner who um, his air correo offense is deep balls. And I think what 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 happened with with the Colts was they tried to make him a game manager. He's not a game manager. They wanted to run, you know, run he's a gunslinger. He's he's trying to get the ball down the field. And that's where that's what he's best at. And I think this offense will open him up and the weapons we have for him, Terry McLaurin, Diami. Brown, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, the tight ends, Logan Thomas. I don't know if he'll be ready for the season, but um his his potential is just out of the roof. I mean, it's more potential than the Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, you're limited. I don't know how the Colts think they got better. I think Matt Ryan, you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, there may not be um many bonehead plays. He may he may play safe, but with 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 um with Wentz, if you get it right with him, you have a potential franchise quarterback for the next six or seven years that's if if he can get it right we don't know if he can get it right but i can see the upside and then on top of that you can get out of that contract at the end of this year and if you need to start over start over but i I love i love love the upside of it
0: i thought it was really weird because i noticed the same the same thing you did with the touchdowns and the interceptions i said Mm -hmm. this he didn't have a bad year and okay it was strange obviously because they had a great running back they had him I I don't think their wide receiver core in the the Colts was as good as people were assuming that he was just missing open Mm -hmm. shots. But what really surprised me as well is not only did they move him on, they trashed him on the way out the door, the owner and everything. (laughs) Through everything, threw rubbish out with him. So I was kind of surprised, especially given, I think one thing that Washington will do because of the options behind and kind of what, what Washington have learned of the quarterback situation pretty much since RG3 went down is you have to be patient. And I think we'll see value where it is because we have seen so little value so far. So I think if he does do say 27 and nine or 30 and 10 in terms of touchdown and deception, even if we don't make the playoffs, I think that's enough for us to keep us. I think it's worth remembering as well. Sure. They're pro athletes, but he's been bashed around just one yeah. confident year on one team saying, no, we want you. We're going to stick yeah. around. We're going to give you another three, four year contract mm-hmm. afterwards could make all the difference
3: yeah i mean and you look at his weapons i mean good night this might be the be- the most <laughs> he's had i mean goodness gracious like i don't even his upside is just mvp level i think his upside is mvp level his downside is like like terrible like worse than heineke maybe you know but i, I don't <laughs> think it's, you can get any worse than heineke but um it's just it's just weird how the media. You know, just bashes him because it's like, I mean, the dude is, I mean, it's not like he's Jared Goff. I mean, he's mm. better than Goff. I mean, he's better than, I think he's better than Hurts as far as a passer, maybe. Um, I don't know. I just.
0: And for the Eagles Super it. Bowl, he did a lot of the leg work. Obviously, Foles got them into the like, yeah. won the won the final game. Right. But right. Wentz did a lot of the regular season work. So it's right. not like he doesn't have that in him. Anyway, yeah, I thought that was a little bit surprising to see. (laughs) And then I I like
3: the fact that he's 16-9 and in the NFC East. Mm -hmm. That's huge. That's Mm -hmm. huge.
0: Anyway, we'll move on and kind of towards the the end of the show now. I just want to get your thoughts. Obviously, everyone, whenever the commander's name is brought up these days or Washington is brought up these days, it's the news stories. It revolves around Dan Schneider. It has really, I think, affected the team beyond just the – PR side of things, I really felt like it has trickled down into the, into the team. The most recent news to come out that I'll start off with is that the owners have finally started discussing about how much votes they would need. I believe it's 27 votes out of the owners Mm -hmm. meeting that would need to force him to sell the team. Uh, I presume you are pretty much on board with I don't. I haven't heard a single Commanders fan uh, argue for keeping him. So I assume you guys are the same. And what, what do you make of this situation on the ground in Washington?
3: I think it's huge. Like if we can get rid of this guy, I think he's holding us back from winning like multiple Super Bowls. I just think his <laughs> wickedness is just too hard to – the football gods can't bless us because of his wickedness. It, it just seems that way, you know. Um, i think this is huge if this is if this report is true of them voting and they could get this man out i think i think it'll be a bid i mean wh- why not i mean the commanders you got a new name they're trying to build a new stadium they would i think the market for this team would be huge in the NFL i think the NFL would look out for us if we were to get rid of snyder and they would get a good guy in here i mean you got a rebrand you got a new stadium you got new fans pretty much a new generation coming up um I hope this is true with the with the votes, and I hope that they vote him out, man. Because he, what he's done is just it's just hit after hit after hit. It's like we can't catch a break. Every time something good happens for us, it's like a report comes out, and it's just like ah, oh, come on, man. We just cannot catch a break. So I'll be ready for this thing to you know, be past us, and I'm just so ready. I'm ho- I'm hoping this is true. Like I, you don't understand how when I, when I saw that report, I'm just like yes, thank you. My <laughs> We're seeing action. We're seeing action. So um, it's going to be interesting. This next couple of months are going to be interesting. Uh, I just don't want it to be a distraction for this for the football team. If it were to happen this year, I would hope they have they do a better way of like saying, hey, he's going to be relieved of his duties the next year or something and just be away from the team and say your goodbyes. And we should have a – I suggest we have a big party at FedEx when he's <laughs> – <laughs>
0: <laughs> do, do you think uh, Washington is the most valuable team? Obviously, uh, the Denver Broncos, rumors they're going up for sale. Just recently as well, rumors that Seattle Seahawks might come mm. up for sale in their ownership group. Uh, I believe their ownership owns a couple of teams and they want to kind of sell the whole package. So oh. do you th- would you would you rate, rate Washington? Maybe Seahawks, they've obviously had a little bit of success recently, but would you would you think they're probably the most valuable franchise out of those three?
3: I would say nice. Denver. I would say Denver and 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 Washington would be hmm. the most suitable. Obviously, the, the platform you have in Washington is just. I mean, you can't beat that. It's like, I mean, the center of everything. You know, you can have so much influence. So I think that would that would be the most. Um, I think them Denver and then Seattle would be would be right after that. But man, if you can get Washington going. And, I mean, you pretty much – I mean, you look at what RG3 did as a quarterback. Imagine you come in here as an owner and leading the team to success. You can be like – feel like the president here. You know, like, it's just so much popularity here. Um, it's, a, it's a good crowd to get behind. I think they'll be the – I think they're the most valuable. But Denver's close. Denver, Denver's not bad either. Denver's a close uh, – I, th- I like their – what they have built. And the area of Colorado's beautiful. And I can see someone, you know, buying that.
0: I think the amount of fan good faith you would get, just from relief alone, (laughs) thank God. I think the state, you know, the way famously FedEx haven't opened up that top tier of seats. I think you sell out the stadium for the first season, regardless, even if we're a four-win team. I think that sells out just to celebrate. Seriously. And then finally, Tay, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned $100 million, I believe, has just been paid from the Washington Commanders on a plot of land in virginia first of all is that a new stadium do you reckon and secondly what do you think of moving it completely to virginia and obviously further out from the washington dc area
3: i think this is huge um apparently this is just a portion uh of what they're trying to build and that it's pretty much like a down payment in a sense where it's something agreed upon but not necessarily <laughs> just in case however i'm here in maryland once. This is huge because Maryland, I think Maryland wants to invest much of their money into the Ravens. And then D.C., it's not much land there. You know, it's like mm-hmm. very, you know, I would be extremely happy if it's in Virginia. For one, um, it'd be like 10 minutes from where I live. Yeah. <laughs> and then two, it would be like a walk,
0: like a five-minute walk from Todd's house. So we would, I would, I would love it. <laughs> it can't it can't be any worse than where the current stadium is like i have been privileged to travel there once and it, jake for you it's a it's a subway stop or a train stop and then it's just a walk through it's an a estate walk. that just yeah. goes on forever it's like a 45 minute walk to the stadium
3: Terrible.
0: and we, we actually went to a, a thursday night football game so the oh. last train stopped before the end of the game so they just like let all the fans out. Obviously, the people who really <laughs> left it in the third quarter because it was a blowout to the Bears. Yeah. It was the game where the, the Hezzy D lineman got in. Wow. Uh, it was that game. So a lot of guys had gone already, and we left the stadium. And, of course, all the trains are over. So it's like Uber's back, and the traffic is terrible. And Oh, my there's just goodness. So much, there's just so much wrong. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, do you see
3: what they're trying to build now? They have, like, the practice field. Did you see the pictures of
0: it? Like the I have seen field. a couple, so I don't know which ones Man, are the real so ones. Cool. They want
3: to have the practice field and the stadium right next to each other. They want to have, like, a big shopping center, like all like a little community. I think it would be really, really cool. Virginia has so much space. And Virginia is – I like Virginia's, Um, I mean, everybody's complaining, oh, we want to go to D.C. Whatever. Y'all can complain <laughs> all you want. I want the stadium near me. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs>
0: Well, Tay, we're going to leave it there. Thanks a million for your time. A pleasure as always. Hopefully, we'll have you on again, maybe just before the season or kind of halfway into the season. We'll discuss how the preseason has shaped up and and what the team's looking like. Before we let you go, uh, let any of our listeners know where they can find you guys' work and uh, all the socials that you want to shout out.
3: Yeah, you can find us at Tay and Todd on Twitter and you can find us at Tay and Todd Washington Commanders Podcast on YouTube. We do a bunch of film breakdowns. Todd and I, and um, we just, I mean, we try to push out content. He's on vacation right now, so we haven't dropped anything for the last uh, couple of weeks. I'm, I'm a bit jealous of him, but we're, when, when he gets back, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get right back to it. So um, yeah, take and Todd podcast. Check us out.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time, Jake. Thank you very much for your time as always. Anytime. And thank you to all our listeners. Stay safe and we will see you again next week.